0: This is Pastor Nathan Kirk, and I am so glad that you have decided to make Greater Life a part of your day by tuning in to the message that you're about to hear. We here at Greater Life are a group of people that are passionate about living for Christ as well as service one to another. From our worship services, classes, and messages, we strive to love and serve with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. I hope you enjoy the message you're about to hear, that it is a blessing to you and that in turn you may be a blessing to others. If you're searching for a church to call your home, I encourage you to join us here at Greater Life. And we'd like to turn, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 5. Very familiar passages of scripture. But there's one thing, the Lord can do anything, so he can, he can work with the impossible. But there's one thing he chooses not to work with, and that's nothing. If you give him nothing to work with, he won't work with it. He'll wait on you, and he'll give you time because he's got plenty of it to, to spare. Time is not a problem for him. It is a distinct problem for us. So he will give you time to come around. But if you give him nothing to work with, he, he's a gentleman. He won't force you to do anything. So when he leans on you, when he asks you, when he commands you to do something, You have the ability, I would even say you have the right to say no. You can give the Lord a no, and he'll respect it. Now, you have to deal with the consequences of your no, so I wouldn't encourage it. I've tried it. It's not fun. It's actually pretty terrible. So don't do that. But we are Minnesotans, and um, one of the things I learned—I'm actually not born in this state, even though I consider myself a Minnesotan pretty fully. Uh, one of the things I know about Minnesotans is we are very passive-aggressive. So <laughs> we don't say no. We wouldn't say we wouldn't go out and say no. Come on, that's that's too direct. That's too. We'd say you know. I'll think about that. I'll pray about it. Um, You know, we find ways around the dead no. But that works just as effectively as a no. Yes, exactly. Because he needs our openness and willingness to do what he, is. the will of God for us in our lives. We have to be open to it. And if we're closed off and we're like, Lord, I'll think about it. I I don't really want to do that right now in this time of my life or whatever the, Whatever we come up with. I'd be like, okay. But if you know this about him, and this is absolutely true, <laughs> he's very persistent. And sometimes you go around a big circle, and then you get back to a place that may not be the same location, may not even be the same people, but you can see all the markings that this is the same I've I've come right back to the same spot again.
1: Ugh.
0: And you're stuck with that same decision. You're stuck with that same request. You're stuck with that same answer that he's compelling from you. So, um, you know, <laughs> willingness being important, I would, I would encourage you to work on that willingness, to exercise, if you will, that willingness. And the problem is, Sometimes we don't even know what we're getting into, and so we're hesitant with our yes to him. So there's, maybe I should just talk from my personal experience. <laughs> um, the Lord would put something on my heart, or he would, he would lead me in a direction and, and basically give me clarity that I had to go forward, and I'd be like, yeah, but I would, but and i'd find some reason why it won't work or why that doesn't make sense or i don't understand it or i don't feel like it or i don't have the energy or i don't have the motivation or i don't have the people or i don't like there's something that is always going to stand in the way of saying okay i don't even know what this means but yes but sometimes you just have to get to that rock that rock bottom level and sometimes that happens because you hit your rock bottom that you're like okay i give up Whatever you want. Um, I hope you don't have to get there. But sometimes in his mercy, the Lord will bring us there. And I know I've I've said this uh, in our life group, and I've said this to Lee specifically, and he's concurred and resonated with it. But, like, I would not encourage to anybody to become an alcoholic. That's a terrible, terrible path. But I thank God that he used alcoholism (laughs) to bring me to him. I'm a very hard-headed, slow-to-figure-things-out kind of person. And it took me beating my head against the wall, doing things my own way, coming to the end of myself and saying, help! So, thank God for that. Now, I could have easily missed out and I put myself in a lot of situations that it's the, it's the hand of the Lord, it's the grace of God that allowed me to live another day, to, to, to make it through situations that I, pits that I dug for myself. But thank God he brought me through that to himself. And there's no better Savior. So in our willingness, what our yes many times looks like is, okay. Lord, I've never done that before, but okay, what does this mean? What should I do? Lord, I, I, don't, have, I don't seem to have the, the experience, the wherewithal, the, the support, the, the, the finances, the, the time, the energy. Whatever it is that we, see, that we see makes it impossible, it's okay to tell them that, but tell them that with your yes. And I would encourage you, don't bargain with them. Like, okay, Lord, well, if you give me this thing, then I'll give you my yes. Uh, that usually doesn't work. It can, but it, it doesn't work in the long haul, that's for sure. So, in Matthew chapter 5, we got Jesus speaking what is called the temp, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And it's almost his introduction to... Uh, I don't want to say a multitude because although he's with the multitude, he he climbs up to a more elevated place. And because he did that, I would guarantee not everybody took the journey. There were people who were like, man, we've been walking a long time, and now he's going up there. I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, I've got a cane or I've got a limp or I've got a sore foot or, you know, I've got a rock in my sandal. I'm just going to. When they come back down, I'll catch them on the, on the, when they do the U-turn. Yeah, yeah, you know. We all do it. We're all human. So there, were, there was a lesser audience when he's on the mount. But especially if you've been in services, if you've been a part of a body that calls itself a church for years, You are so familiar with these words, you have missed their guttural level kind of smack in the face. Because if somebody introduces themselves this this way to you, you'd be like, I don't think, I don't want to be a part of this. (laughs) Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are they who are persecuted. That's not, there's not a big line of people saying, hey, that sounds like the club I want to be a part of. How do I get there? But he's trying to shock us into seeing things differently. Because when we see it with our eyes, this is what we see. Like, I don't like crying. I'd prefer not to do that. When I get up in the morning, I try not to cry. So if you're telling me I should be crying, I don't, let's, 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 can we talk about this? Can we, can I counsel you out of this, you know, direction? But he's trying to encourage people that he has been dealing with about his kingdom that maybe aren't even aware that it's him doing it. I'm at work here. When you're crying tears, that's okay. Because I'm working in you to do a work that's called my kingdom. So if you'll allow me to do the work, there is such a blessing in it. When you get to the end, you won't care about the tears. You won't care about the persecution. You won't care. You'll be so full, you won't care about the hunger or the thirst. He's trying to get that through to these mountain climbers who've come with him on the journey, get them to an elevated perspective, an elevated vision to understand don't look at it by sight. Don't look at it with your understanding. Don't trust in what you know. Don't trust in what you've experienced. Trust me... Trust what I'm telling you about my kingdom, and you're going to see something unbelievable, impossible, miraculous. That's what he's trying to get through at the beginning of his message. This is just a preamble. He hasn't even got to the text yet. So we have to, in faith, give him our yes. Now, the problem is, well, I was talking about my problems. (laughs) Uh, The problem is, (laughs) I like to understand things. I'm the type of person that I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything until I can figure it out. So I'll just, I'll back up and I'll just, okay, let's wait here and figure out, okay. Okay, now, okay, now, now I see a way. If I, if, I, if I juke this way and I jag that way and then I take five steps, okay, now I can make this, okay, now I see a way. Okay, now I can do this. But until then, I'm like, mm-hmm. the Lord doesn't like to work with me that way. Maybe you've had a different experience, but <laughs> he just wants me to be open and to be like, okay, I have no idea where this next step is going to be, but here we go. And they step off into what, t- what at times can seem like nothingness. But uh, he's got the plan. He's got the purpose. So to back up, I, this is over two decades ago, but I got into uh, a Bible college, and they were hammering Bible studies. And this was good because I was reading the Bible. And I was... I don't even know how to classify myself. I was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And uh, just pure vulgarity came out of my mouth every other sentence, every other word. So it's really hard to decipher what people are talking about unless they point fingers, you know, like that blankety blank. You're like, oh, he's talking about the pole because, you know, swear words don't mean anything. (laughs) They're blank. But uh, I'm reading the King James Version because somebody had bought that Bible for me a leather bound with my name on the front of it. It was like 80 or 90 bucks back in the 90s, late 90s. And I was like, these people believe more in me than I do. What's going on? So I'm reading this King James Version Bible, and I don't know anything about Elizabethan English. You know, I, don't, I read Romeo and Juliet probably, but I didn't like it. I didn't pay attention to it. I hate poetry. So I'm trying to, you know, steamroll through this stuff, but I'm not getting probably half of what I'm reading. Every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, I think I, yeah, I think I get that one. Okay. But a lot of it's news, news to me. But the Lord is moving in me and revealing his word. So I'll be driving down the road, and I'll be like, oh, that one scripture that said that thing, and I don't know how I would even remember it because I... Didn't even retain it in my understanding to begin with, but he would illuminate it while I'm driving on the road. I'm like, that's what that means. That's so good. Wow, that's really, man, I see it. <laughs> so because I cut my teeth on that, I love the King James Version, uh, even though it's language of 400 plus years old. And that does cause problems every once in a while of understanding. But again, with the in the importance, from my perspective, of understanding, I would see the plan, or I would see the way, and I would say, okay, that's something I can apply, that's something I can do, I'm going to do that. So they said, teach Bible studies. I'm like, great, I can do that. Let's teach a Bible study. You know, here's a little book, and here you open it up, and it has all these words, and you turn these scriptures, and you have them read it, and you say what it is, and you say, then repent, you know, and then you tell them get baptized, and then you can say, and receive the Holy Ghost, and you close it, and that's that's it, you know, that's great, I can do that, you know, so I started teaching Bible studies, and um, it was, you know, rocky, but there was success, and I was like, thank you, Lord, that's awesome, so I came back home to Minnesota from St. Louis, Missouri, and there is enough of a feel of the Bible built in St. Louis that, like, you could openly talk to people—at least back when I was down there—about uh, God and about church, and everyone's like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, that's, that's the norm." I knew that wasn't the norm here, <laughs> and uh, so I come home, but I'm like, "I got a family; they need—they need the Word." So I bring my Bible study chart under one one arm and my. Bible under the next, and I go to my sister's house. She lived in Blaine. She was the closest one of, to, uh, of my three siblings. Sat down at her table, and I said, okay, here we go. And I started turning over the pages, and she got so mad at me, like red in the face mad. She said, I did your diapers. How dare you tell me anything about God? And I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. We're supposed to teach Bible studies. That's what I'm doing. Like, don't you know the plan? Don't you know the script? You're supposed to say, oh, okay, and then you're supposed to do some stuff. I mean, like, what? And it wasn't just the the mental, you know, static of the difficulty. That wounded me. It hurt. And I was like, what did I do wrong? I'm following the instructions. I'm, I'm, I'm playing by the rules, you know, like, I don't got sin in my life, I don't hate people, you know, I actually care about this woman, and like, you know, I'm related to her, and we're blood, and she hates me now, because I tried to, like, what, what is this? No, oh, blessed are they, you know, they, so persecuted they, the prophets. I shouldn't have, I should not have been shocked, I was shocked, I shouldn't have been, <clears throat> Everything that the Lord wants to do in our lives is to develop and allow us to grow. So I don't care how good you are at anything, how good things are going in a certain area in your life. It's almost a guarantee, and I know there's seasons, times, and seasons for everything. But if there's something going good in your life, the Lord will be like, you know, you're kind of comfortable over there. Let me uh, stir that up a little bit. <laughs> Let me shake that a little bit. Because you don't grow sometimes without some motivation, and you need the motivation. Otherwise, you'd be like, "I grow enough." You know, I've, I grew last year. I'm, I don't need to grow anymore. And you automatically stagnate. You automatically don't get anywhere. You automatically get frustrated and fearful and depressed and never wonder why what's happening. Well. You might want to try growing, you know. <laughs> and that's kind of where you get when you're on this precipice of trying to step into discipleship. You're not going to be able to step in without faith. It's impossible. You're not going to be able to do it in your own strength and your own understanding. So, like, when, you know, according to my story, I'm saying here, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll teach some Bible studies. And uh, that guy, I'll, I'll get him. And uh, this guy over here, I'll get him. And. That guy over there, I'll get him. Like, I just started picking out people. And I'm like, this guy looks like you need his Bible study. You need, you need a Bible study, don't you? Like, didn't even ask his name. You know, like, uh, I don't know if that's going to work. Bible studies are great tools. They're, they're, they're fantastic. But you may not be at the place where you can teach one, Perhaps. Or you might not have somebody around you who needs one, or they're at the place where they can receive one. So take Brother Eaton back here. He's uh, well-versed in the Scripture. Brother Eaton, could you teach a Bible study? Yeah, he has. So he's, he's experienced. Great. But he might not have a bunch of people around him that are... Open or need, needing a Bible study, maybe he does, but maybe maybe he does. He's not flooded with opportunity. Sure, so maybe, and hypothetically, not putting anything on you, but maybe he needs to. You know, he's he's at church and people come up to shake his hand. And he, he can pull him in and say, "Hey, do you know anyone who needs? A, do you need a Bible study?" <laughs> kind of like a fly catcher, it gets real sticky. Pull, pull them in. And maybe the person that he's, that he's pulling in, they know 20 people that need Bible studies, but they don't feel like they can teach one themselves. Well, what a great thing that we have a community that we can band together where I can just say, man, I've, I've never done this before. I've never discipled somebody. You know, have, have you taught Bible studies? Could, could you help me? Could you teach me about how to teach a Bible study? There's all sorts of avenues, are all sorts of ways to get to the place that the Lord wants every single one of us, and that's further than where you are right now, <laughs> because you never arrive, you never make it, you never get so established and so settled that you don't need Him to kind of push you <laughs> a little bit. And uh, I would like to be a self-starter and always be willing and, and able and excited about it, but... Sometimes you need a big good kick in the pants, and he's faithful to do that. <laughs> Amen <laughs> All right. Um, First Timothy. I'm sorry, Second Timothy, chapter two. David Reed, could you uh, find that and read? 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1
2: Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. All right, so
0: we can read epistles, gospels, as books of the Bible, but this is actually a personal letter from a man to a person he had had discipled who he had considered a son in the gospel, who he was absolutely a mentor to, a disciple to, um, a father figure to. And he's trying to speak into this man's life things that are going to help him get to the place where God wants him. And so he's reminding him of the faith that was in his grandmother and his mother, and he's speaking of his confidence of, of Timothy himself and everything that's happening in his life. Um trying to be a blessing, trying to be an encouragement, trying to motivate him and trying to connect him to the one that matters the most because it might be it might be the following verses that we're uh, going to read here, but he says, uh, a soldier doesn't get involved in things that aren't pertaining to warfare and, and um, somebody who is farming gets the first dibs on, on what, what comes up from the ground and like he gives these these analogies or these pictures, these word pictures, and he says, the Lord will give you understanding about these things. It's like he, he knows what I'm going to say is going to raise a lot of questions, but don't worry, the Lord will answer. <laughs> it's kind of a weird way to communicate, but, you know, we're still reading it today, so it must have been very good. <laughs> Verse 2.
2: And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. All right. So here's Paul.
0: Paul, as an apostle, an evangelist, I mean, he, how many lives did he touch? It's hard to say. But he has spokes, say, from the wheel, from the center of Paul and his his journeys, his teaching, his prayers, his ministry that are radiating out, touching different people. Timothy is one.
2: And read verse 2 one more time. And the, thing that, or, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, um, who shall be able to teach others also. Right. So he says, you've
0: seen it at me. I've demonstrated it to you. I've discipled you not as, hey, this is good stuff. Get it. <laughs> Don't smoke. <laughs> you know, it wasn't a hypocritical thing. He had seen the evidence in this man's life And he says, what you've seen in me, do the same thing. So the same way I came along to you, with you, do that in other people. So he didn't just say, Timothy, each one reach one. Paul, Timothy, let's say Steve. That's a good Bible name, right? (laughs) But read the verse again.
2: Yes. Okay, sorry. Verse two. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful um, men, who shall be able to teach others also. So we got
0: Steve for Stephen, Joe for Joseph, Jim for James. Timothy has three people around him that he's discipling to say, but he doesn't say just minister to those men. He says, these men, make sure that they can teach others, plural, also. So it's not just a duplication of one to one to one to one to one in a line. It's a multiplication of discipling disciplers. Now, the Lord showed that to me and I'm like, that's amazing. I love that. That'll preach. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 do it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm trying to disciple myself. I don't know how to disciple anybody else. <laughs> and again, the, the thing with understanding is I want to be able to look at somebody and say, hey, there's a guy. I can, I can teach him a Bible study. I'll, I'll, I'll even figure out what his name is. First. And then we'll sit down and we'll get over the Word and I'll force that thing into him, and it will make a difference. Well, it usually doesn't work the way we draw it up, we script it, we think about it. Sometimes it works just the opposite. Maybe I'm like, this is absolutely the guy I need to teach a Bible study to. and He's going to receive it and he's going to do great things. And he's like, you're an idiot, get out of my house. Oh, sorry, uh didn't think that was going to happen. But then I never even noticed it, but there was this young lady next to him. I'm like, hey, you you ever heard the Bible? And she's like, yeah, I'd I'd love to hear about that. Oh, well, great. And I wasn't intending at all. It wasn't part of the plan. And maybe I, I never would have met her without coming here first, falling on my face, but as long as I have a hunger and thirst, the Lord says, you're going to be filled. And so I'm giving the Lord something to work with, and he's doing a work. And next thing you know, there's avenues opening. And I'm like, I never thought. This, this young lady isn't just a disciple. She's a discipler. <laughs> She's got you know, five Bible studies going, you know, like... That's what the Lord wants us to enter into, is this, this, this realm of faith where we're not trying to understand it or figure it out. We're just simply saying, yes, Lord. Amen, Lord. So be it, Lord. I know I can't do it. I know I don't have the wherewithal. I've tried in the past and failed. I've, I've tried in the past and been hurt. But I'm not going to judge things on that. I'm going to trust you <laughs> And step out and say, okay, I hope this works. And you'd be amazed, amazed and surprised how well it works. David, can I use you one more time? Can you go up here? See, one thing I know about David Reed is he loves to be in front of people. <laughs> he loves it when everybody's looking at him. Can you see? So, now we're getting kind of into the logistics, but I'm in, thankfully, now I, anybody who knows me knows I do not like my job, but they have this wonderful thing called health insurance that is pretty nice. Anyway, let's say I'm at work, and I just find myself around this person, and maybe I don't know his name yet but I just find myself around this person. Well, this, is, this, this person's name is called Opportunity. <laughs> so it's just a matter of figuring out how to open up this opportunity. And this person not, might not come down and, and kneel at your feet and say, show me the way of salvation. <laughs> probably never. It's possible, but <laughs> probably not. But this man, you have no idea what's happening in this man's life. You have zero clue of what God's doing on the other side, that he might be stone cold, expressionless in his face. And you don't know that he he can't sleep at night because the Lord's just stirring. And he doesn't even know it's the Lord. (laughs) But by providence, through the sovereignty of God, you're crossing paths with him. And you're like should I ask him if he wants a Bible study? (laughs) Well, if you don't know the guy, don't ask him for a Bible study. Just be like, hey, hey, what's your name? David, Jonathan, nice to meet you. And now there's more opportunity. The door is cracked open. And you never know what's happening in that person's life. I know when the Lord put people in my path, he had three Pentecostal people I'd never heard of Pentecost in my life, and three of them crossed my path within about nine months, and were like, coming after me, and I was like, <laughs> and at first, I was not interested at all, and I was really mean, but you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe I deserve some of the treatment I've received, <laughs> but now that I know David, now I can say, hey, what are you doing for lunch, or, you know, what'd you do this weekend? And he tells me all the terrible, disgusting, filthy things of this terrible sinner that has done. <laughs> and I have to sit there and smile with tears. <laughs> but with that connection, now there's possibility. Now the Lord can do something. And I don't have to see anything in David. I don't have to be like... You had a dream last night. I I don't need to know anything. I just need to know he's here and that we have a connection. And now there's an open door and I can say, hey, you know, would would you mind getting coffee with me or would you come over for dinner sometime? And maybe in those conversations and that time together and that walking side by side, I might have to put up with a lot of stuff. But hey, you know. A lot better than persecution of the prophets. So, you know, he'd have to go pretty far to make it that bad. I might have to go through something. I have to bear some things. But if I'm intentional and I'm investing, the Lord can work with that. And even if I don't see anything happen with David, there's, a, there's another man here. There's another young lady. Like, like there's, there's other opportunities that the Lord can direct me to because now I've given him something to work with. Rather than nothing or a no and so this man might totally surprise me. He might totally shock me. He might totally blow my mind with what God's doing in his life. And the need that's in his life. And it might all come out at once. And this has happened <laughs> more times than I can count. And I'm like, do I attract these people? What's what's going on? Like, do I... Well, like a flame and moths are coming to, you know, I, I don't understand this. It's the Lord. He's trying to get us, his people, aware. Does he know you have insecurities? I guarantee he does. Does he know Don't you have fears? One hundred, yes! Does he know you can't do it by yourself? Yes! That's why he's chosen you, so that he can get the glory out of what he's going to do. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to know what's going to happen. You just have to step in faith. Okay, Lord, this doesn't even make sense, but I'm... And you take the step. And see what God will do. Now, we can open this up, but I first want to open up to my friend David. And you can, you can sit there and face this way, you can face that way, you can do whatever you want. But I would like you, if you were willing, to share what happened to you at work. Hmm? When the, the guy came and found you, he came searching for you.
2: Okay, so there's this gentleman named um, Tim Donahue. Um, he's very, very prideful, very prideful. He walks like he, he rides a horse, you know, he's got this bow on his legs and you know, he's one of those guys. And um, I was up taking my safety tests, which we're required to do, and I'm in this little room at the corner of the warehouse, and you have to be very intentional to find me at this point. And suddenly the door just opens up and it's Tim. And he has been having problems with his wife's drinking to the point where she had a stroke. And she continues to want to drink. Well, Tim's brother is my supervisor, and then they have a brother named Jim who lives in St. Paul. In some way, shape, or form, I don't know if he's Pentecostal, Baptist, whatever. Sounds Pentecostal to me, but Tim came in this room, and he's telling me that Jim went to his house, showed up, and said, the Lord told me to come. Right? He walks into Tim's house, and he says, there's, there's a spirit in here. He could feel there's a negative energy. And he pointed out what it was, and he started praying with Tim and his wife. And they prayed and prayed and prayed. And basically, Tim's ignorant to it, just for lack of information. He's not an ignorant person but he is ignorant to the fact that they they were praying through and they prayed through something something came out of her something came out of her so he came to me to ask me about it and we talked about it for a while i offered him a bible study but he didn't think that his wife was was ready for it so we're trying to do dinner or something like that who knows you know what the what the future is going to bring on that but now we have regular you know, back and forth about this. So, um, I don't know, that, everything, yep.
1: Amen.
0: It wasn't something that he knew about. He was, if you know David, he's a very sincere person. He's trying to be a light at work, trying to talk to people, feeling like wasn't getting anywhere, wasn't seeing any open doors. No, no nothing. Lord, why are you not helping more doing more stuff the thing is there's what was it tim or jim the guy whose wife had was the tim there's tims all around us we may not see it we may not know it but they're all around us there's need everywhere and the lord has positioned you even if you work from home. Who knows? It might be a Zoom call. I doubt it. The Lord doesn't work through Zoom. But anyway. <laughs> he can do anything. He can do the impossible. Strike that from the record, Lord. Who are the people around you? you, you I would almost guarantee you're not going to know it. now, hindsight, you're going to look back and say, man, wasn't that awesome? The Lord brought, like, the Lord, that guy searched for me. I guess, I didn't think I was a light and I was making a difference because he wanted to find me after he had this experience that he didn't understand to get confirmation or rebuke or something. I don't know, like, what he was looking for, but that's amazing. You're making a bigger impact than you know there's more happening than you can see. That's why you're people of faith and not sight. You have to step out past all sorts of stuff and say, okay, Lord, I'm just going to trust that you are working, that you are moving, that you are doing something. And I might not even know what that is, but I'm just going to trust you. Amen. Does anyone else have any testimonies, anything to share? Can you pass the mic back to...
3: Okay, so just because I'm learning this myself from lots of missed opportunities is also like when those relationships happen and you find yourself having developed relationship with somebody to also not offer the Bible study or push a little bit because you're worried about like, oh, is that going to you know, break the relationship, or they're going to stop being my friend, or they're going to think I'm a weirdo, and then we won't have this relationship, so then I won't get another opportunity. Do you know what I'm saying? That's happened to me so much, and what I've realized is that window of opportunity is not forever. So, like, those people are not there in your life forever, even though you think, oh, this is a friendship that's going to always be here. You know, it could be a mom who goes, to, you know, who's the kids are friends, and they go to school together, and you have this relationship, and you think, oh, they'll always be in school, I'll always have this connection there. No, like, they could move, the kid could go to a different school, whatever it is, and you're not then going to have that open door anymore. And so when you have that relationship, don't then be so timid that you don't, push a little bit to offer the Bible study or to ask, you know, do you go to church or why not? Or, you know, any of that. So.
0: Amen. Amen. Lee,
1: Lee, right
0: over here at this table.
1: I did want to, I did want to say something. Um, uh, tonight on my way here uh, I called Nicole, my friend I was going to pick her up and, um, and, and she said she said, well no Lee I, gotta, um, I got something to do tonight I got a little medication that's coming being delivered and she was like I'm so sorry and I'm like and so when I Omar and my wife called she was like, maybe I ain't going to be able to make it I'm, I'm so sorry and I'm like, what is going on here? How, what did I say? What, how was I in, in the middle of this thing and make these two ladies figure they have to apologize to me because they can't show up. It's like, that's when I know that, I, that, I, that, I've, that I've done too much. I've done too much. I've pressed, I've, I've pressed too hard. I mean, is that making sense? Is that, you know what I'm saying? Was that my own will? Is that you know what I mean? Was am, am I doing Lee's work? Am I serving Lee? It's just the same idolatry I was. Ta- I'm thinking, of. you hear what I'm saying? And 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 it's like really wait for God. It really wait for God. I had to just I'm just texting my wife now. Like man, I, you know what I'm saying? It's just really something to really something to think about. I mean, being led, being led is is that 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 didn't feel right. That that. I don't, I don't like that. Even my nephew, Jeremiah, he was like, Well, Uncle e, I gotta study for a test tonight and and, and they're apologizing to me. That ain't gonna work. <laughs> Anybody else want to stand around? Yeah, y'all.
4: At the Y, I dress differently than all the other women there. And one young man who was in his 70s there said, why do you dress like you do? And I said, it's modesty. He said, what does that mean? The world does not know. And... Just this week, the lifeguard asked about Dick. And I never realized how we are an example to this world. I don't, sometimes I don't take my walk with God seriously enough. And he asked about Dick. And so I was saying, it's been a really hard week for me. And as I was being honest with him, Tears welled in his eyes because he said, You and Dick are what I want to be in 30 years. And he was the one whose eyes were welling up. And the Lord taught me the lesson that, hey, you have no idea who you're influencing. And another thing that happened this week was when when we're in the pool and you socialize, you walk you go back and forth with them and talk and she was talking about a memory of July fourth at washington d c and the music and her arms would go music, and she would say the It was at night, with the fireworks. And I thought, Lord, I remember 50 years ago, when it was 4th of July, 1973, seeing the fireworks. There was no music, but fireworks, and thinking, there's got to be more to life than fireworks. There's got to be more than this and hungering and thirsting for more. And so the Lord again said to me, hey, here is a woman. She's showing you what this world looks at. And God has so much more for her. Hey, do you not have a burden? Do you not have a love with those that are around you? And I feel just like you do. When I came in, did Bible studies, a a Bible study with Debbie's accordion teacher and got thrown out of that one because I was oneness and they found out that I didn't believe in that beautiful trinity. And so I get it. And I wrote my list of disciples because I want to be serious about this. I want the Lord to use me. Now,
5: yeah. I've found that God kind of takes us by surprise sometimes, and sometimes you get that nudge that says, go talk to them. And in the middle of a day where you're not paying attention, but especially more so... Um, the last during this study and then the last few years as we've been talking more and more about this. And then, um, you know, I work for city government, so it's not a place where you can just sit down and start a conversation about God. You know, like I'm supposed to even be careful about what I post on Facebook just in case people know I'm connected with the city and that sort of thing. And so I'm not really that careful, but a little bit. But, um, when I first started working there, I've been there eight years now, I was like, you know, God, how do I, how do I witness to people here? You know, how on earth is that going to happen? And for several years, it felt like nothing was happening, and I'd walk into the building in the mornings and just pray, you know, as I'm walking in, and you know, people go and shoot up city halls, so I pray for protection as well as just for open hearts, and it felt for a long time like nothing was happening, and all right, you know, maybe it's me too involved. My days are so busy. Maybe I'm missing it. God, help me be aware. And then all of a sudden, one day the mayor comes to me and says, we have a real problem. I want you to pray. And she's a, a very strong Catholic lady, actually an ordained minister herself. But um, she had figured, she's like, I know you should know how to pray. And I want you to pray. Or I have been praying. <laughs> and um I, I support our council and our city manager, so I, I know a lot of what's going on, and I see a lot of what's going on. So I do a lot of praying for our city, about 64,000 people there. And I really feel like God got me that job. He put me there. And there have been times I'm like, hey, I'm ready to leave whenever you want me to, but he has totally put me there. Two other people, 200 people applied for that job, and really I was not the most qualified. And so I know God put me there. And so little by little, he's opened up times where people have confided just problems they're having, situations, and say, I'm going to pray for you. And then finally, I got bold enough to actually ask right. my boss, can I, can I pray for you right now? Because she had a really bad headache. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I tried to keep it simple and calm. But um, she was like, wow, I, I feel goosebumps, you know, like afterwards. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> I just prayed for somebody in city hall you know, in in, um, our deputy city manager's office, you know. And um, little by little, there's been things. And as I've been praying for more openness and more willingness, and I keep praying as I walk into the halls, you know, God, just flow through here. Touch hearts. Somehow help me be a light in the middle of the craziness and the busyness of life. And in my weakness, a lot of weakness, please somehow be made strong. And just um, about a year ago, a lady who works in another building who I'd only talked to on the phone a few times or seen at all employee meetings because we don't even work together, she sent me this email out of nowhere and just said, can we talk sometime? I want to know why you wear skirts and what you believe. Wow. That took me totally by surprise. And then, you know, right away, like you said, you know, all the, we can't talk about that in City Hall. Um, and I never see her, and how are we going to make this work? And, th- okay, um, I'm like, sure, I'd love to talk about it. Do you want to meet for coffee sometime? And so it took weeks that we finally got a date to meet for coffee or tea, in my case, because I don't drink coffee. But um, we went, and I thought, I'm going to take my Bible with, just stick it in my purse, and, you know, off we go. So we met, and we chatted for a while, and then finally she got to the, so I want to know what you believe. So I started trying to explain that she's Catholic. I was raised Catholic, too. And I got to share kind of my testimony, my parents' testimony, and how God led us through a series of a long journey, mostly through my parents, and ended up at being a Pentecostal church. And that's where we really experienced some life-changing things that we were looking for. And she said, what's Pentecost? Right away, I was like, okay, time to get the Bible out. I'm like, have you ever read the book of Acts? Like, no I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> you know we we kind of did an impromptu like Bible study, and I have blood sugar problems, so within like an hour or two, like I need to eat and I run out of energy really fast, but like God sustained me through this like two hour conversation where I was just like pumped i don 't even know where it all came from, but we got through the first two chapters of Acts and you know just stuff, and when we were done um we should meet again sometime. And it's been, it's been a journey because it's hard for us to get together or she's had to cancel or whatever, but we've met two or three times. And her, she's a daughter who's gone through some similar things to me, and so we can relate on a lot of that. And I know God totally opened that door. And as we got up to leave from that coffee shop, I happened to look over and I had kind of noticed out of the corner of my eye several times there's this guy sitting at this table over here that seemed to be watching us and when he sat there the entire two hours and when we got up to leave and she's like oh I gotta go okay you know bye and like took off and so I'm like packing up my bible and I had to look over and I thought I wonder if this was also for him you know like he heard that whole thing because you know I realized I think I got kind of animated about this and louder than I typically talk and I'm, I probably told the whole caribou about Acts <laughs> chapter 2 without thinking about it. Now I'm really, you know, almost not, not embarrassed, but, you know, just like, just how loud was I? But, um, you know, who knows what God's doing when you're just having a conversation? And then just this last week, actually, at work, I've been struggling with a lot of health issues, and I was walking into a department at work. And still praying, you know, God, help me be open to people. And it's a department that I don't usually go to. And um, just kind of doing my business and getting back out. And as I'm walking out, I stop by this lady's cubicle. I need to talk to her. And so I just asked how she was doing. And, you know, I've heard that, that she had digestive issues like me. And so that opened kind of a conversation. And then came to find out her father's in the hospital on palliative care and hospice. I'm like, yeah, my father just passed away. So I understand that's hard. And to talk and say, I'm praying for you. And just, thank you. And two days later, her dad died. And so just this week, I, you know, I'm able to email her and say, I'm praying for you. Because that's hard. And I'm hoping that it'll open up more conversations then. But it's kind of little things where, like, that was not on my agenda for the day. I'm only in the office, like, two days a week. And, you know, rarely see her. But just in going about the day, felt this, talk to her. You know, and what do I say? How are you? (laughs) You know, how's life going? But just starting that. And this study has really pushed me to be bolder about that, to say, you know, to go out of my way and start that conversation. And even just in walking through our townhome community, to pray as I walk, you know, God, touch people's hearts, lead me to somebody. Can we use our home to teach Bible studies? So there's got to be somebody here. And there's a few that I feel like in particular, so I especially pray for them when I pass their homes, but, you know, God, open up something. And he's, he's working through my kids, too. They have other kids that come to talk to them, to confide in them. And I'm... I'm glad that we've had this and this push to just be bolder, step out, go out on that limb. They are receptive, they are looking, and that he will guide us. It doesn't have to be so scary, you know, don't have to do anything weird, you know, unless he tells you to, I suppose, you know, jump in front of somebody's car and be like, hey, you need Jesus, but, you know, it's just, hey, you want to go out for coffee sometime? Let's, you know, let's meet for tea or smoothies or go for a walk and chat about life and see where God takes that conversation. That's beautiful. It makes me think of the verse that says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Our world today is desperately short on hope. Every family you look at, Behind the smiles, there's something going on that's very, very painful and very, and, and just plain scary with the way our world is going, the way our country is going. And so, um, just God, just help me be sensitive and a good listener and pick up. And I sometimes I pray, God, just give me the. Give me wisdom and courage when you open the door and help me fill my mouth with useful stuff and stop me when I've said enough.
0: <laughs> Amen. So to close tonight, let's we're gonna pray <clears throat> on willingness. And I guess maybe it's a combination, but when you're willing, the the important piece of the